What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And we are all done our month of June. So we're back at it with uh, my pick for this month. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted us to get scared. So I picked a movie that I thought was going to be super fucking scary because that's what people say. Yeah. Um, kind of start that my discussion off with that yeah okay so i won't talk too much more about it then if if that's a talking point but yeah yeah but anyways this week we're going to be talking about session nine from 2001 yep and uh yeah it was the first time watched for both of us yep yeah Yeah. i've like heard of this movie a bit of other podcasts talking about it but Mm -hmm. never seen it yeah i'm in the same boat too like I've seen the movie poster everywhere mm-hmm. and like that movie poster is so sick, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I love it. Just that, that image of the, the wheelchair thing mm-hmm. in the middle of the hallway. It's so cool. Um, but anyways, before we talk too much about this in the intro, what have you been up to this week? Uh, this week, I feel like a lot. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of movies lately. Um, I don't want to, like there's nothing really worth mentioning it's all like stuff that everyone has seen a billion times um i watched wally nice uh i've only seen the movie like once or twice and i'm not the biggest fan of it and i still don't think it's top 10 pixar Ooh. um yes Okay. My hot take is that Wally and Up are not top ten Pixar movies. Whoa! Yes, yes. Can you can you uh, off the top of your head? Can you give a top ten? Oh, like God. a top a top five? Can you do a top five? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, Inside Out. Okay. Toy Story three. Three. Okay. Uh, Coco. Okay. And. I mean, there's probably another one, Finding Nemo. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's that's only four, but is it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Toy Story two, I guess. What, what about Toy Story one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that started it all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I did. I did enjoy Wally. This watch. Okay. I still think. It's kind of boring at some parts mm. and not much happens. Um, and like the fat people is kind of weird, but also hilarious. Yeah, but it, it's the meaning behind it all. I know, I know, I know. So anyway, watch <laughs> that. Um, I rewatched The Matrix. It's been a long while since I've seen that movie and fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, I think with The Matrix, I've always just paid attention to, like, the action mm-hmm. in it. And I never really quite fully understood the story of The Matrix. I was always super confused about it. But yeah. really isn't much to it when you really just, like, pay attention to the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, this movie inspires so many movies. Like, just, like, watching this, I'm like, okay, like, Inception, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Like... Mm. Malignant. Malignant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fight scene. Yeah. Uh, so I thoroughly enjoyed that watch. Um, and then for, did I mention last time, No Time to Die? Yes, you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I watched Insidious Chapter Three. Uh, that yes. was my lone horror watch this week. Um, definitely a first time watch for me. I didn't like it that much. Um, I thought it was okay. It was actually pretty scary. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I think if they did like, because the three and four don't have uh, the main two in it, Patrick mm-hmm. Wilson and uh, uh, the other R- girl's name. Rose Byrne. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting fucking conjuring mixed up. Uh, <laughs> they don't have those two. So I think that they shouldn't call it insidious. Like, if they want to do like a spinoff with Lin Shay and uh, Specs and the other guy, like maybe have like a different name for it. Yeah. Maybe. 
Um, but it was pretty good. Um, I saw that Patrick Wilson is directing Insidious 5. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So I kind of have high hopes for that one now. That's cool. Is that his first directing? I would have thought so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited for that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was always kind of like a, a weird thing, right? Because he was in um, Insidious and he was also in The Conjuring. Yeah. It's just yeah. like two very like similar movies in a way. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's it. All right. So I made a face when you said you watched Wally because I also watched Wally this week. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Because um, you showed me that top 250 uh, animated movies list on Letterboxd and then it was also in the sci-fi one as well yeah. and, I, and Wally was pretty high up and I was just like oh man I fucking love this movie and I started watching it probably like a month ago with Brady but I don't know like you said there's some boring parts so he kind of got uninterested yeah. with it but it is a top 10 Pixar movie for me Pro- probably even a top 5 Pixar mm-hmm. movie for me Yeah, I absolutely love that movie mm-hmm. um I continued on with my Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise watch, and I watched part two and three. Uh, part three is fuck, man, it's a mess. <laughs> wow. Um, did you keep the same rating for two this yeah. time around on Letterboxd? Yeah, three yeah. and a half stars. Yeah, okay. Um, I watched Hustle, Adam Sandler's new movie. Nice. It's fucking so good, man. Yeah, like really good. I haven't watched everything or whatever that was. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that one. I haven't watched that yet, <laughs> but Hustle is probably so far my favorite movie from 2022. Higher than the Batman? Oh no! Okay, no, <laughs> it's up there though. It's yeah, up there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I put it on one night just to watch it while I fell asleep, and ended up staying up to like 2 a.m. to finish it because it was so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched Dash Cam, which is a new one. Oh, okay. That's been kind of making its rounds. Um, it was good. The main chick is very fucking annoying, and I've heard she's a piece of shit in real life, too. Oh, really? Yeah. She is it on some... Shutter? No, I had to illegally watch it. Hmm. Um, watched Luca with Brady. So nice. another... I haven't seen that one yet. It's good. It's yeah. good. I enjoy it quite a bit. And lastly, I watched Ex Machina. Oh, nice. Because it was on the sci-fi movie list. And yeah, that's one I've been wanting to rewatch for like years, but I just haven't. And I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix too. Or uh, it was for a long time. I can't remember where I, where I watched it. Prime maybe? Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I haven't watched that since it first came out. And like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even remember if I'd actually watched it or not. Oh, but then, really? Once I got into it, I was like, okay, yeah, I've definitely seen this. But holy shit, man, what a good movie. Yeah, I need to rewatch it because, like, yeah, it's one of those movies that everyone loves and talks about. And yeah. One of the best sci-fi movies of, mm-hmm. like, the past decade. Yeah. yeah. The ending was nuts, man. Yeah, I forget how it ends. <laughs> I won't spoil it, but it was yeah. really good. Um, and other than that, I think that's it. Nice. Yeah. Fairly busy week, I guess, for watching shit. Yeah. Um, okay. If you don't have anything else, let's dive into this movie. Like we said in the intro this week, we are talking about Session 9 from 2001. Before we start talking about it, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, so I do still have our vodka sodas, nice. but they are kind of getting a bit boring. <laughs> so I just uh, went with a classic gin and tonic. Oh, nice. With pomegranate bitters. Ooh. 
I thought you had a samurai sword behind you, and then I realized it's your Thor Lego piece. Yeah. <laughs> I could just see the handle. <laughs> um, you want to talk about boring? I am drinking a Bud Light. That's not boring. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> my case was sitting out of my car for a few days, so I'm really hoping that they're not skunky because we've had some hot fucking weather lately. <laughs> nope, still good. There we go. We're good. All right. Let's dive into this. Starting off the synopsis. Ten- tensions rise within an asbestos cleaning crew as they work in an abandoned mental hospital with a horrific past that seems to be coming back. It's a bit of a confusing plot line. A little bit, but I think that's what this movie is aiming to do, I think, yeah. with its stories. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Brad Anderson who did the machinist uh have you seen that no that's one movie i've like been wanting to watch forever yeah because like christian bale is like 110 pounds in it yeah it just looks nuts yeah it's it's insane how much weight he lost for that movie yeah i don't know how he does it can't be healthy anyways he also did the call trans-siberian beirut vanishing on seventh street and a whole shit ton of tv episodes He's in a lot of TV. Yeah. And he has a lot of uh, upcoming projects too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I recognize any of them though. No, me either. But yeah, he does have quite a few. Uh, The cast list, we have David Caruso, who plays Phil, most known (laughs) for his gifts. uh, Yeah. Or his role in CSI Miami. Yeah. Uh, Rambo First Blood, Proof of Life, and NYPD Blue. Uh, Steven gevedon played mike uh he's in drunk parents he voiced a character in red dead redemption 2 uh he's in the devil you know and oz yeah and he played a uh, neighbor with a lawnmower in war of the worlds <laughs> <Saw that too. laughs> he looks like a cheap version of george clooney yeah i can see that yeah 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 i can definitely see that uh josh lucas plays hank uh, he's in Ford versus Ferrari, Sweet Home Alabama, Glory Road, Yellowstone, um, The Forever Purge, and American Psycho. Yeah. He's probably the most recognizable person to me in this movie. Yeah, but they made him, like, like you recognize who he is, but they made him look so different than what he does in real life. Yeah, they did, yeah. He's got a big old mustache and long hair. Some gnarly sideburns. Yeah. 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 Uh, lastly, I have Peter Mullen, who played Gordon. He was in Children of Men, War Horse, uh, The Magdalene Sisters. Uh, he's in the new Lord of the Rings TV show, The Rings of Power, hmm. uh, The Vanishing, and Ozark. Nice. Yeah. I have two honorable mentions. I have three. Okay. Y- so, you go. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't write that in an actor's name, but the guy that plays Bill. Yeah. He's also in... CSI, but not Miami. He's like in the OG CSI. Yeah. Uh, Paul Gilfoyle is his name. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy is, I didn't write his name, but the guy that plays Jeff. Yeah. Uh, the whole movie, I was like, this guy looks so familiar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like he's like a big actor now or something. And then like I look tonight and it's like, I don't know, he's not that big of an actor, but he was in <laughs> Don't Breeze too. Yeah. He's the main villain in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Sexton the third is his name. Yeah. But yeah, I was going, I had the same thought process you did. I was like, how do I know this guy? And then yeah, his like first credit on IMDB is Don't Breathe Too. Yeah. And then the third guy I have is uh Larry Fessenden. Oh, right. Yeah. Who plays Craig. Yeah. And I swear this guy is like the king of like indie horror movies yeah like any movie you watch on shutter this guy is probably <laughs> in it like like he's in a lot of stuff like he was in dash cam that you watched mm-hmm. um see the spine of night which is a shutter one i've been wanting to watch but haven't that's the animated one yeah yeah, yeah. uh jacob's wife uh dementor the dead don't die depraved 
the mountain, the ranger, gray matter. Jesus. Like he's in a lot of uh, kind of like indie horror. Yeah. Southbound. He was in until dawn. Okay. Video game. Yeah. Huh. Shit. He's the next Tony Todd. Take, <laughs> take it on any role he can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so yeah, my two honorable mentions were Paul Guilfoyle and Brendan Sexton the third. So you covered them. Yeah. So let's fucking talk about this movie. All right. Um, so like this discussion is going to be one of those movies where we just talk spoilers right away and like yep. the ending, and I think try to unpack it a little bit. Um, but first, I want to start off with. You kind of mentioned, I don't know where you got your sources from, but <laughs> uh, how this movie was scary. Yeah. Um, not that scary. It, it wasn't the type of scary that I think we thought it was going to be. Correct. The tension and like the dread was really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. But for like jump scares, uh, gore and like kind of ghost mm-hmm. like paranormal definitely was not that type of movie yeah i mean like i was fully expecting like it's guys in a meant like an abandoned mental health hospital like mm-hmm. i thought for sure like it'd be jump scares all over the place and like fucking scary ass shit happening yeah but i think then, oh, okay. i was gonna say like i saw in the imdb like there was like a person that played like a doctor and like patient one or something like that so i was like oh maybe they play like a ghost or something yeah but but like i think where the horror comes from and this is a big part of my uh my scare section write up is that it's just like like you said the tension's there like you're constantly feeling like something's gonna happen um throughout the whole fucking movie um and it's a lot of uh I don't know if it's like, if I want to call it like real life horror, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's just a sense of uneasiness the whole time I was watching it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of like made you feel like whenever you yourself go into like an old house or something, you have that like tingly feeling like something, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And the ending of it, like, I'm not going to say anything about it, but the ending is like, I'm, probably going to think about that for a while the, the yeah. way that they ended it yeah uh we'll get into it here soon yeah. but yeah like i think this is maybe i need to rewatch again mm-hmm. because like the ending i don't know if i liked it or not i don't know how i felt about the ending okay yeah yeah uh but yeah this was filmed at an actual like old uh mental asylum i think it's actually called danvers like it's a real place it is called Danvers, which is crazy. Um, and uh, what's his name? The director, Brad Anderson. He drove by this hospital like almost daily. And it was mm-hmm. always like his dream to like kind of make a movie in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you pay attention while they're walking through, you can see signs that say Danvers Mental Hospital on it because it's called Kirkbride. Um, in the movie. Oh, um, okay. Unless they changed it through a, no. Yeah, no, it was opened in 1871. It was called Kirkbride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's signs that say Danvers mental, mental asylum or something like that throughout it. Yeah. And they didn't add anything to this movie except for like very minor pieces in like three specific rooms. And the rest of it is all just shit that was there. That's what I kind of figured. Yeah, which is nuts, man. So it probably wasn't that big of a budget to to do. No, it's a very small budget. Yeah, it's like one point yeah. three million or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like the setting was very uh, like a real. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I think that played into like the whole creepiness of it too, right? Like the feeling of uneasiness because you know that, like you can just tell that it's not on set. Yeah. Right. So like even with them just filming it, like shit could have happened Mm -hmm. in theory, if you believe in that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So basically it's like a hazmat crew uh, of just 
four guys and then they bring on Gordon's nephew to help them because they're kind of bidding to win this uh, this job. I think originally they say like three weeks and then Gordon keeps going like lower and lower. He's like, okay, we'll do it in two weeks. Yeah. And then uh, Phil is like, two weeks like i don't know what we can do it in two weeks and gordon is like he's like no two weeks we can do it yeah and then later on gordon goes to bill and is like man i really need this job like we'll do it in a week by next monday mm-hmm. and i'll match the highest bid and he's like i really need this job yeah um so like we'll get into the ending now because like i don't know i feel like it's a big discussion point and like I have questions about it. Okay. So the ending, uh, it ends up like Gordon is ends up killing everyone in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had killed his his family, his wife, the dog, and presumably the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and during all of this, there's kind of like a mixture of stories. Uh, who is it? Mike's character finds like old recordings of this girl, um, Mary Hobbs, who yeah. had like different personality. Yeah, yeah. Dissociative personality disorder. Yeah. So she had like three different uh, variations of herself. There was uh, Billy, the princess, and Simon. Mm-hmm. And like, Mike was going through all these tapes and it was like named like session seven, eight and nine. Mm -hmm. Um, And then throughout the movie, Gordon is hearing Simon or someone's voice talking to him saying like, kill them, kill them, kill your wife, whatever. Yeah. So my question is like, did Gordon kill his family before taking this job? No, I don't think so. Like, why was he, why did he want like, why did he need this job so bad? I have a feeling that, like, money was tight. Um, and, like, there was probably some sort of, like, turmoil in his in his household. So, like, his wife was, like, on his ass or something like that to make money because she obviously wasn't working. They have an, an, not a newborn, but an infant mm-hmm. at home. Um, I don't think he did it before they took the job because, like, he's got that burn on his leg that he said was from a pot of boiling water. And he originally told uh, Phil that he hit his wife. Yeah. After she accidentally spilt the the boiling water on him. Yeah. So I think that story is true, but instead of hitting her, he fucking snapped and killed her. Yeah. So I see, I think he killed them before taking this job. Okay. And he needed the money to flee. Okay. Because it it plays back that scene, like the recording of him pulling up with the flowers in that scene. They show that scene like three or four times. They keep showing it over and over again. And then at the ending, whenever Gordon is, he finds the room of like Mary Hobbs or whatever. Mm-hmm. It has the picture of like him and all of his family and stuff. Like, was that all just in his head or was that real? And then like, it shows after of him, like talking to his wife. It's like not a real phone the whole time. It was just like this dummy broken phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like he, he, in that scene where they show him pulling up to the house, like he has flowers and a bottle of champagne yeah. And like he just went to the grocery store, it looks like. Cause he was saying that he he was excited to celebrate the new job. Right. And like whenever he pulls up, his wife and child are outside, and so is the dog, actually. Yeah. And they kind of go in because the baby's crying. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, your theory does work. Like he's taking mm-hmm. the job to flee. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So I was trying to figure like what all like were those pictures in the room, like were those actually there? 
Yeah, because he he's obviously hallucinating throughout like the whole ending of the movie. Like he has yeah. a whole bunch of different hallucinations. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to rewatch it. Yeah. I don't know. That whole ending, uh, just I didn't understand some of it. We got a lot of questions about it. The one thing I don't understand is like because we we hear the tapes of Mary Hobbs, we see her room. So we know she's real and we know that she has dissociative personality disorder. And we know that she has the, the, uh, the Billy, the princess and Simon. Yeah. But Simon's always sleeping. So Simon is like almost like her revenge sort of person. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like uh, Mike, you see him writing it down at one point. He says the princess is like her innocence. Um, Billy is her protector. And then Simon, he has question marks beside it. Yeah. So I think Simon is like her anger almost. Mm -hmm. But my question is, and I don't know if it's a plot hole or what it is, or maybe I'm just not understanding it. Is Simon one of her personalities or is he like some sort of paranormal entity that possesses her while she's in the hospital? Because how is... How is uh, Gordon hearing him, first of all? Yeah. And then at the end, Simon Simon talks to the doctor and says that he preys on, I have it written down here, he lives in the weak and the wounded. Yeah. So I want to check something I wrote down to see if this is plausible too. So I'm just throwing this, out, this idea out here okay. for a discussion. So the hospital closed down in 1985 yeah is it possible that gordon is one of these people on the tapes like, like maybe he wants that like maybe he wants this job so bad so he can get back to the hospital or something because like mary hobbs is connected through to him through the whole movie like when he's outside on like the log by the cemetery and at the end it pans down and you see like the number four 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 which is like a the grave that is like broken and that's mary hobbs grave yeah that's her patient number yeah hmm. and like the the voices they use i don't know if like it was different people like actors they use but could one of them been gordon like in the tape that we hear yeah I don't know how it could be though. Cause like, it's all Mary. It's her different personalities coming out on the tape. Right. Yeah. I guess we see the pictures too of like her scarring on her chest and stuff. So yeah, I had a thought while I was watching it, that he might've been the one who, what was her brother's name? Paul or something. Um, I can't remember Peter. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. Um, I like I had like a fleeting thought while I was watching it that he might have been Peter, but she killed Peter, I think. Yeah. And that's why she was in the mental hospital. Yeah. Cause that's he's the reason why she has the scars on her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This movie's thrown out a lot more questions than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, but I mean it's it's undeniable that uh Gordon has some sort of connection with the hospital or some sort of something going on with him. Yeah. Whether he's in the hospital, whether he's gone crazy himself, whether he's possessed by this Simon character. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. One thing I found. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say one thing I found interesting too, is that Mike uh, one of the workers, he was a law school student and his father was like one of the main lawyers that uh, that was involved in, in the hospital being shut down. Mm. So he has a connection to the hospital. Yeah. And I think that's why he's so interested in the patient files and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, so he doesn't do a fucking lift a finger at all in this movie. He's no, just I'd, always I'd be firing downstairs <laughs> <laughs> looking at the tapes. Yeah. Um, and then like, as they were naming off, uh, like 
I think Mike writes down like um, uh, Billy is innocence. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, sorry. The, the princess is innocence. princess innocence. Billy is the protector. Yeah. And then Simon, they don't know. Yeah. Is, do you think like, I know the numbers don't match up, but you think like our four or five main characters, like, are equal, like they represent these four people, like Mary, uh, Peter, hmm. Billy, the princess, and Simon. Because, like, Jeff to me is innocence. He literally doesn't do anything. Like, yeah. he's like the one guy that's like not an asshole in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And he's like scared of the dark and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And then, like, Phil could be like david or gordon's uh protector so like billy yeah and then gordon would be gordon would be mary hall mary yeah but then who would hank be simon i don't know maybe he's peter Hmm. so would mike be simon yeah i don't know i don't know i just (laughs) tried i was just like trying to connect things like I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking. Like, maybe yeah, we're overthinking stuff on a few of these like discussions. But I don't know. There's I feel be... like I feel like there's something that we're missing. Yeah, there's got to be someone that's done like a super deep dive of this movie. Yeah, and yeah. and figured <clears throat> some of this shit out. Uh, but yeah, like Jeff yeah. is like the only one who like seems like a legit cool guy. Like he's actually working. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, like he keeps fucking unplugging. The, the tile thing that <laughs> Jeff is using. Yeah. And like he knows that Jeff has uh nicotophobia. Yeah. Which is like a uh, scare of the dark. Mm-hmm. So he makes him go down to like the basement to f- check the breaker, but pretty it's just he fucking unplugged it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hank stole Phil's girlfriend. Yeah. Um yeah, and like Phil and Gordon kind of have this uh they butt heads a lot over kind of like it seemed like power. Yeah. Like at some point I couldn't even tell who was bo- who was the boss. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely Gordon's business, but like yeah. Phil, Phil has, I don't know if he's like his oldest employee or what. And like, they're definitely friends. So I think Phil wants what's best for, for them and for the company and whatnot. Yeah. And like for Gordon too, obviously. Mm. But yeah, there's definitely some sort of like a power struggle. Like I feel like if if uh, Gordon was to step down, um, Phil would fill in. Like Phil would jump into that role. Yeah. And like the one scene, whenever Gordon sees Phil talking to like the two kids behind the generator, and then like on the roof, like Gordon asks him, like, "Who were you talking to? Like, what'd you say?" And then like Phil kind of like last album is like oh like really yeah and it's like i mean that's kind of a valid question is it not yeah <laughs> yeah well because this was after mike disappears right hank or yeah hank sorry yeah um this is after hank disappears and so now gordon is getting paranoid thinking that phil had him killed basically mm-hmm. so uh, so maybe maybe your theory does ring true with i just thought of something too that he killed his family first and now he's having this like guilty like you know how whenever you're guilty you try and push that onto somebody else yeah what were you thinking okay so the scene with hank in the basement which a lot of like the scenes underground like in the darkness were filmed really well like Mm -hmm. The cinematography and the lighting in this movie was done very well. It's all, like, natural lighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, in these dark scenes. So, like, he finds the coins down, down in the basement. And yeah. they're, like, they are placed, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And as he's picking them up, he looks at the date. And, oh, wait, no, never mind. I was thinking, because, like, they're dated. He's, like, oh, like. 83 like 84 yeah 85 so like is that like up to the close of the asylum Mm -hmm. and we know later in the movie that gordon ends up killing him yeah 
So is Gordon placing those coins and was that Gordon's stash of coins he found in there? Yeah. The coins play a weird role in this movie too. Yeah. Cause like Hank finds that pile of them and then like they just start appearing later on in the movie too. Yeah. I don't know if that's to like show us that Hank is still there or what? Or maybe Gordon has the coins and is just placing them throughout the yeah. movie. Yeah. But then like it goes into Hank takes the brick out and he's like digging through this like sand mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what it is, but like it pans through and it's uh, uh like an incinerator, right? Yeah. Like the, it's the morgue on the other side. So he's like literally picking people's things and he's like, Oh, silver. And it's like, clearly that's like a denture. Yeah, that he has in his hand. Like yeah. I don't know if he like ever noticed. <laughs> well, and he picks out two eyeballs too, like glass eyes. Yeah, they're definitely not. I, mean, I guess they would be glass eyes because real yeah. eyes would burn. But yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, these are probably worth something. I'm like, dude, those were in someone's skull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he didn't figure that one out. Yeah. Um, but what do you think of the scene with uh, Mike or Hanks? Uh, I guess disappearance. Which which part of the scene? Like, like whenever he's going, like he's walking away, and then you see like it splits off and it has like uh oh. staff and patience. Yeah. And he took the patience side, and I was like, dude, that's a bad decision. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And then the further down he gets, like he starts hearing noises and stuff like that. And then we see it like a shadow figure. Yeah, we, down see the hallway. we definitely see a figure. Yeah. So now, like, obviously, we know that that's Gordon that he sees. Yeah. Or yeah. we would assume that it's Gordon. But yeah. at the time, you think it's a ghost. Yeah. And, and at the time, I'm thinking, okay, this is when this movie is going to fucking ramp up and it's going to be super yeah. fucking scary from the rest, like, from this yeah. point on. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. But yeah. I, I- I did feel like after this scene, the movie did ramp up a bit because I did feel like yeah. the first act was like it was slow. It was a bit slow, but it's like introducing like the the hospital and all the characters, so I kind of let that slide. But yeah, but yeah, I did really like the scene and like the way that he's running through the hallway and like it's dark. All he has is a flashlight to see in front of him, and mm-hmm. it's just like we've already mentioned it before. It's just that tension is there. And like you just expect something's gonna happen, like jump scare wise, but it it doesn't, except for that shadow figure that we see. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, and then like throughout the movie, Gordon kind of like keeps trying to call his wife, and she like won't talk to him, hands up, and then eventually like Gordon, you can see like he's getting depressed, but mm-hmm. he may actually just start he's going crazy because like he's probably killed his wife at this point. Yeah. Um, because like he does mention to Phil near the end that he uh, hit his wife mm-hmm. and that he's been staying at a hotel. Yeah. Um, and then he keeps like seeing crosses everywhere. And then he hears like a voice of like, uh, Simon telling Gordon to like kill them mm-hmm. and like do all this stuff. Uh, and then um, at one point, uh, Mike pulls like the plug on Jeff's thing, and then Jeff has to go downstairs and plug it. And um, I felt like they did a really good job with Jeff's character and like the scenes with him, like in the dark, especially because like you've felt his phobia mm-hmm. a bit. The way he goes into the room where the generator is. He's like standing in the doorway and the doorway's lit up, but the room that it's in is very dark. Yeah. And like, you can see him, he's doing like the, the shit that we used to do when we were kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I got to run to my bed. I got to flip yeah. the light off and fucking run to my bed. And that's kind of what he does. Like he's pumping himself up and he runs in really quick, plugs in the generator and then books it back out. Yeah. And then after he does that, the generator that's outside starts to die and that's powering all of their lights that are inside. Yeah. So he's down in this basement by himself and he's down, he's in this long corridor and it's all those, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but like, like the hazmat suits kind of. Yeah. That, but the lights they're, uh, Oh, the string lights. Yeah. They're like the lights that mechanics use underneath the cars and shit like that. And it's just a long line of those. And 
you start to see them like die out behind him. And then he turned, he turns around and he's like, Oh fuck, I got to run. Yeah. And Oh man, it was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned that scene a bit later too, in a certain rating, Yeah, but that scene was filmed and like, I, I, I thought the actor that played Jeff, like did a great job. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah. And like, it leads to this like house. That's like away from the manor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the hospital. And then like, I don't know if it was like the ghost or like someone like because he got covered in fucking asbestos. Yeah. And like it kind of was kind of like hints to his like uh um this happening to him because like Hank is telling like early in the movie like what asbestos does to your lungs. Mm-hmm. Like he's like joking with them, like, oh, like you swallow this, like you're dead, yeah, and stuff like that. Uh, whenever Jeff walks up back up the stairs again before the scene we're just talking about and he sees Hank there, do you think that was actually Hank? Because we learn at the end that he is still alive, but he has that uh, that hair pin in his fucking eye. Yeah. Well, and that's what Mike was saying at one point too, like whenever they're all sitting outside eating their lunch. Mike's telling Jeff about how if you put something into the soft tissue in your eyeball and you like do a couple motions up and down, you disconnect something in your brain. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was like part of a, like a therapy that they're using at this hospital. Uh So that makes you wonder like if Gordon got the idea from that story or if he was in this hospital. That makes sense. Cause I think he starts yelling at uh, Mike to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And so it keeps them alive, but it like it disconnects a part of their brain and it makes them like basically sort of despondent. Yeah. Cause the only thing that, that Hank says for the rest of the movie is what are you doing here? Yeah. What are you doing here? And that was the last thing that he had said before mm-hmm. he got attacked. Yeah. So I think he is still there and just like kind of wandering the halls. But why would Gordon allow that, that happen like yeah. do you think he was just cr- crazy at that point like at one point in this movie i got a very like big like the shining vibe mm-hmm. like jack torrance yeah yeah i see that mm-hmm. I um yeah sorry just looking at my notes to uh um before like the final scene i thought that the build-up to this like second last scene was like amazing mm. i thought it was great like the yeah. music um everything's like happening so fast like phil finds the room like he's following uh gordon they get to the room yeah and like he sees all the pictures like on the wall and then he and then you see like gordon like attack phil but you don't see like you don't see the deaths in this movie until like the very end this yeah and this movie is very very good at I talk about this in one of my ratings. This movie is very good for me anyways, at pulling the veil over my eyes to making me think that Phil was the crazy one. Yeah. Like I didn't think that Gordon was like, I knew that he had some shit going on, but Phil seemed like he was the one that was like really losing his mind. Just the way that he's acting, right? Like he's got the paranoid, moment um whenever they're talking about the two guys that he was talking to uh and then we have phil telling mike that gordon hit his wife so he's kind of like pushing the uh the attention onto gordon to like keep, keep it away from him is what i felt like yeah and shit like that and there was another scene too and i was oh yeah the scene whenever jeff goes down and tells him like Yo, Hank's upstairs. Yeah. And they're like, what? And then Phil like doesn't believe him. And he's like, are you going to believe this fucking asshole kid? Yeah. And then they'll run upstairs and like Phil's like freaking out like, oh, I called uh, whatever his girl ex-girlfriend's name was. And they're like, you all heard her. She said that Hank went to Miami. Yeah. And the Gordon was like, no, we didn't actually hear her say that. Yeah. And Phil's like, yeah, we were all on the roof. And she said he went to Miami. And he's like, yeah, but we didn't hear it. You had the phone. 
we didn't hear her voice. See, this is what I mean. Like, yeah. So at that point, I was like, okay, is Phil crazy? Or yeah, uh, yeah is Phil crazy? And then so at the end, Gordon walks into Mary's room, and you had mentioned before pictures of like his daughter and his family and like their christening and all this stuff. They're all plastered all over Mary Hobbs's wall and there's blood trickling down it. Mm-hmm. And then we see Phil walk in behind Gordon and he's got like a hook knife in his hand. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, shit, man, like Phil has lost his damn mind. Like, yeah. So the whole time, that whole time I was thinking that Phil was the crazy one. Yeah. Like that whole scene, I was like enthralled and like it was intense. The music see, was like, amazing. Uh, Jeff's outside and he's like makes it to the van. He's like dying because he's yeah. like covered in asbestos. Yeah. And then he like has the Oreos and then he stands up and you see like the camera point of view, like it's someone walking towards him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff is like, oh man, I got one of the Oreos out of the thing. He like goes to hug the person. And then, like, you don't see it, but you assume that he was killed. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, that was Phil. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it just, the, the movie, like, turns, like, a 180, and it just quiets down again. Yeah. And then it shows uh, Craig show up. Mm-hmm. You see, like, the blood on the van, but he doesn't know that. Yeah. And then, like, it shows um, Hank laying in the the room with gordon and phil there yeah i was like what what is happening i thought <laughs> phil just killed gordon like yeah i don't know like i didn't like how it switched switched so fast mm-hmm. i thought the build-up and all that was like oh shit like they're gonna leave us on like cliffhanger like that like i was okay with that yeah but then i i felt like it was trying to do too much with this final scene Mm. like what did you think i agree with that aspect of it but i like how they tied everything up with the ending with simon simon's voice over top of everything that's happening because simon finally wakes up on the mary hobbs tape and it's the session nine tape where he finally wakes up so the doctor is finally talking to Simon and just the way that he talks, man. And it's so fucking creepy and ominous and like, it just like scary. Yeah. Um, and then all this shit's happening. Well, Simon's kind of talking. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, we see Hank laying in the middle of the floor and then we see Mike get killed in the, in the gymnasium. Yeah. We know Jeff gets killed. And then, uh, I forget how, how does he kill Phil? I don't think it shows it. Didn't show it. But then like it pans through all the different rooms of the, of the hospital. And we Mm -hmm. see all the different characters that have been killed now. Yeah. Craig shows up and he sees like Hank's body there with the the thing in his head Mm -hmm. or his eye. And he's still like alive. And then he's like, goes to Gordon. He's like, Oh shit. Like what the fuck? And then Gordon, takes out of his eye and then like it doesn't show it but i think he just stabs him stabs him in, in his eye oh yeah he does yeah but like yeah, actually into his eye so like yeah. it punctured through his brain um whenever he pulls that thing out of hank's eye though i loved how his head oh, came up with it yeah. yeah and his head's like hanging there and he has to like give it like a little bit of a jolt to get it out it's like holy yeah. fuck yeah um but yeah i don't uh I don't know. I guess he was possessed the whole time, I guess, or kind of not possessed, but kind of like the shining, like being told what to do by someone. So like, I don't know. I still think maybe he's somehow connected to Mary or something. I don't know. I think I could very well see him being a patient before it closed down. Yeah. Cause they did. Oh, they did say at one point in the movie that a lot of the patients um, whenever Bill was taking them through because mm-hmm. he was saying no the security guard they're like what do you have a gun here for like this place has been closed down since 1985 blah 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 like who are you trying to keep in he goes oh we're not trying to keep anybody in we're trying to keep people out and he says like teenagers squatters and he's like a lot of those people that were here just got thrown out into the street once the hospital closed down so yeah. I wonder if Gordon is one of the patients from the hospital yeah 
Uh, I think he may be. I think I think so. Yeah. I really do think so. Now that we're talking, because about like the cut, the type of work that he does is a very easy job that you could just pick up and do. Yeah, exactly. Like, look at they. He got his nephew, who's never fucking done <clears throat> anything in his life. He yeah. got him to come and help him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. We solved the case. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I have any other things to add. I think uh, we covered pretty much everything that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you want to bring up or mention that we forgot about? Not really. Just like that end scene where we see what actually happened with Phil's wife or with Gordon's wife and family. Like you don't actually see it, but it's it's all audible. Like you yeah. can hear it all. You can hear him stabbing his wife while the baby's crying in the background and then the dog starts barking and then you can hear him kill the dog. And then you don't hear anything happen to the baby, but the baby just like stops crying. Yeah. And that's the, like that whole part there is like what, like the movie finished and I was just like mm. sitting there and I was like, wow. Um, in the movie, Mary kills Peter, right? I think so, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe she doesn't, though. Because if she doesn't, he could is be it Peter. possible that he's Peter? Hmm. Well, I guess good. not, because Mary was in the hospital. And she was the one that heard the voices and was told to do these things. Yeah. That's season 9, session 9. Jesus. <laughs> hmm. Oh, in the scene, I thought was... Uh, really like awkward and funny is like after gordon tells phil like if that he hit his wife and he's like don't tell the other guys yeah and then immediately phil goes and tells mike <laughs> and then like it shows gordon downstairs he can hear everything and, and then he like goes upstairs and like the scene was just so awkward because they're like trying to pretend like oh yeah we're talking about your nephew and how good of a worker he is or something like that yeah uh at first glance, it may seem like everything was just in Gordon's head. Hints like Phil yelling at him to wake up and his endless calls to his wife to never make it through. Make it seem like there's no truly to the outside world. Uh, story Marion or many personalities is his brain's way of explaining the catastrophe that occurred at home, killing them all. Ha! Huh. Hell, all of his crew could be Gordon's own versions of Princess and Billy. There we go. <laughs> Uh, at one point, he does call Mike Princess, um, further blurring the lines of reality and fiction. If they don't exist, Gordon never killed anyone but his own personalities, leaving him with his original self with the knowledge that in a fit, he murdered his family and has been hiding out at a crumbling mental facility for no reason for days. Oh, so maybe none of them are real. I didn't think of that. If this were true, that would tie everything up with a cute little bow. Simon's last monologue, that mind, that mind you doesn't come from one of the tapes, simply from Gordon's mind, tells him that a bit of Simon lives within everyone. Some people are just better at keeping him hidden than others. It would also make sense that this alternate reality takes place at a psych ward that is supposed to help people with their disorders. I mean, who cares about the asbestos in a building that's already partly demolished? That's a good point because like well didn't they say that they were turning it into something? No, they were selling it to somebody. Uh because they're basically tearing it all down, right? Like they're taking the tiles out of the ceiling. Yeah. The cereal sucks. We find out oh, we find out later that he killed his family the same day he sets foot within the asylum. So yeah, because he goes home to celebrate getting the job. He does mention that, right? Yeah. So that night he would have killed them. So yeah. this entire week they're dead. Yeah. <clears throat> Additionally, Gordon seems to seek out Mary in several ways after listening to her tapes, sitting above her grave. And of course, Gordon posts his photos up in Mary's old room. Once in chance, twice in coincidence, third time is a pattern. The only real question is, did Simon make him kill or did the evil already in Gordon's cause already in Gordon cause Simon to seek him out? So he, when did he listen to the tapes then? Or are they it just saying Gordon? that he did? Yeah. Plight is saying that he did. Huh. Crazy. 
I'm gonna right. finish. I'm gonna read this article later on, but yes, yeah. sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that wraps that up. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, that's the way the asbestos poofs. Poofs. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. It's time for us to rate this movie. How did you how did you rate it? Uh so I gave the story a six out of ten. Uh, I said the writing was good for the most part. I liked all of the characters, but the mixture with the tape kind of did lose me at the end. Um, obviously talking about like all the different theories and stuff that we've had, like, I don't know, maybe if I rewatch it again, I think it might score may change uh, a bit uh, in story. Um, I didn't feel like it knew what kind of movie it was trying to be like, I don't know. I, it, felt very jumbled to me uh and quality gave an eight out of ten i said the acting was great from everyone the set was awesome and the score was really good so six out of ten and eight out of ten cool uh my story i gave it a seven out of ten i said i love the backstory of the asylum and how they incorporated one patient with multiple personalities throughout the film which is kind of opposite of what you said uh the twist was unexpected for me although i guess it could have been obvious but like i mentioned before they were good at pulling the veil over my eyes was a diversion of phil yeah um they didn't really explain why gordon started losing it and i would have liked to have a little bit more explanation on that we've already talked about this throughout it but like is simon a paranormal being um is that what they're getting at with this final line in the movie (coughs) excuse me i didn't realize that that final line that simon says was in Gordon's head, though. I thought that was still on the tape. So that article maybe shed a little bit. Of- um, but like throughout this discussion, I really like how there's different avenues that we can take with this storyline. Yeah. Like, I like that it wasn't explained, but at the same time, I wish that it could have been explained a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe on a second watch, we can figure it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, my quality, I gave it a six out of 10. oh okay i said it was filmed weirdly like you talked about the cinematography earlier and although i do like the camera shots and like the angles and stuff like that like sometimes it felt found footage sometimes it felt like low budget and sometimes it felt like it had a big budget like it just yeah i can see that different scenes and like locations of where the scenes were like just had different feelings to it um the sound editing was fucking terrible (laughs) <laughs> on the on the version that I watched, anyways, um, at the beginning, whenever they're talking to Bill, they're outside, and the cicadas and like the crickets and shit like that are louder than the people talking. Uh, okay. Um, and like I rented it on Apple TV, so it's not like I I had a shitty quality of it or yeah. a sh- shitty version of it, but I don't know. I just found that the sound editing was shitty. Uh, most of the acting was really good. Um, and I love the fact that it was filmed on location um, and like they literally didn't need to add anything to to the set that they had. It was all just stuff that they had there. And I mentioned the score in that last last little bit, too. It was really good. So, yeah, seven out of ten and a six out of ten. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus. Relying more on atmosphere than gore, Session 9 is effectively creepy. Short and sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say a... That was so vague. I know. Uh, 74%. Oof. You're high. The critics gave it a 66%. Okay. On 73 reviews and an average score of 6.3 out of 10. The audience rating was a 63% on 10,000 ratings and an average score of 3.5 out of 5 or a 7 out of... All right. So... So, like, not bad. Uh, like a slightly above average, I guess. Yeah. The critics rating was a little bit higher than I expected it to be. Yeah, me too. I thought it would be a little lower than that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Letterboxd has a 3.2 out of 5. Um, 
That was my watch. Sorry. I was like, my, what the fuck my was bedtime that? Bedtime reminder. That was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like one of those little fucking music boxes. Uh, yeah, Letterbox has a 3.2 out of 5. Um, I give it a 3 out of 5. You give it a 3.5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here Be Monster, uh, Anthony from Porcelain Peak, give it a 3 out of 5. Slashing Captain gave it a 3 out of 5. And Screaming Cinema gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Nice. So we're all in the same boat. Yeah. We liked it, but we didn't love it. Yeah. Very nice. All right, man, you ready for the scare section? Yes, sir. Okay, what did you give it for a scare rating? So I give it a 3 out of 10. Okay. Um, it wasn't quite the the scare that we thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. but this movie did like the atmosphere of the asylum and like the dread and just the feeling of it very well. Mm-hmm um i was scared during a lot of scenes of like with jeff like i thought they they brought in like his nicotophobia very well <laughs> uh yeah so three out of ten um scary scene i said when jeff is running through the basement hallway i thought that scene was filmed very well and like it's just like this narrow hallway mm-hmm. and all these hazmat suits and he's covering it as bestest and then like generator turns off yeah and i think he's like on a walkie and he's like the generator is like broken down or something and then the one light turns down and he's like oh fuck and then yeah. just starts booking it and like <laughs> he can't keep up with the lights and he yeah. gets there eventually but yeah i thought he was gonna die like because we didn't quite know it was like a slasher i guess at that point mm-hmm. right like it still could have been like paranormal yeah so like he could have died in that. I thought he was going to, but uh and what I survive, I said I would not survive this movie. Um I feel like I would be like the unsuspecting one like Mike, mm-hmm. like not having any clue like yeah. of what's happening. Cause like his death, he's just like walking through the gym, and then Gordon is like behind him, like covered in blood, and he and Gordon just starts like booking at him. He and even like get a chance to even yeah react so yeah what about you uh my scare rating i gave it a six out of ten. Oh wow okay uh i said you really don't see anything scary but there's this constant feeling that something bad is going to happen throughout the whole movie uh the tapes that mike listens through listens to throughout the movie are so damn creepy especially the one at the end of simon uh, and the atmosphere is through the roof creepy considering it's filmed on location and like I mentioned before, like that ending is going to sit with me for a little while. Yeah. Um, it was just like, it was like nonstop throughout the whole movie. Like you just felt like something bad was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I, that, that attributes a lot to or contributes a lot to my scare rating. Uh, my scariest scene, I said the whole end sequence was Simon speaking. I just found him so chilling. Mm-hmm. Like that whole end of the tape where he finally comes on and he's talking to the doctor, just everything that he says is just fucking creepy. I thought all the voices were creepy too. Like the princess. Yeah. Very creepy. Yeah. The the princess reminded me of moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would I survive? I said, no. Uh, If one of my friends just started offing our group and it was like unsuspected, like you said, um, I think it'd be late safe for me. Because, mm-hmm. like, you, you wouldn't expect one of your friends to just start randomly killing everybody. No. Yeah. So, yeah. No for me as well. Nice. Yeah. All right. That wraps it up. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what you're going to make me watch next week. All right. So, uh, we are going to watch an actual scary movie. Uh-oh. At least I think it's still scary. It's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> um, we are going to be watching Paranormal Activity. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Um, so the the one that would be a first watch for me didn't win the coin flip, eh? It didn't. No. No. Huh. But I'm going to pick that one soon. So. All right. Sweet. Yeah. 
Cool. So paranormal activity next week. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that it's taken us this long to do it. I know, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was definitely fucking scary whenever it first came out. Yeah. It's been, been it a while. Does like the highest like earned horror movie I think of all time before it. I think it was. Uh, it made the most money on the budget that it had. Oh, okay, okay. So, because I think the budget was only like fucking fifteen thousand dollars or something like and that. And it made a fucking gajillion dollars. Yeah. yeah, I have a really funny story, but I'm gonna save it until we do the episode. Okay, I do as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Well, um, if you guys want to catch us on social media, you can find us at a podcast on Elm Street on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have our merch. There's also links to our Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way. There's links to each of our individual letterboxed accounts, our Discord server, and anywhere that you can listen to us. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us this week. And it's we will oh been a slice, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what the theme music is for that that one. I know it's probably Rolling Stones as well, but <laughs> <laughs> all right guys, we'll talk to you next week. All right, see you later.